world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. And you know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. <laughs> I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good, uh, good 925, 2023. How can it be 2023? In fact, how can it be today is our daughter Abby's 40th birthday today? Now, I got a question for you. How in the heck can I have a 40 year old daughter? I can, I can, I got possibly, I got a 41 year old son, me. Where did, where did that time go, man? Where did that time go? And you know, in the end, I'm not trying to make anybody feel good or feel bad. In the end, really all we leave behind is what we've planted inside our children and our grandchildren. Yeah. And I, I wonder that if any of us really, if we really, really sit down and were to ponder that, if you would get to be my age, which many of you are older than me, to sit down and, and look back over your life and think about the things that you've accumulated, stuff, and you fought so hard to get all that crazy stuff you have in your house and your car and your property and your vacation place and your, your uh, what do they call that, the, your Winnebago and uh, all, all just worldly, worldly, worldly meaningless stuff. All just meaningless stuff. The Bible tells us that a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. It's not money. Sadly, it's not money. And we focus so much on that, and uh, we, as the scripture says, we neglect the weightier matters of the law. And uh, the older I get, the more that I realize that I'll live on through my children and my grandchildren, as will all of you. And as I sit here at 70 years old, you ask yourself, golly, did I do a good job? How, how, do, how do I really know? How do you, how do you really know? I'm going to take this. I want to be selfish here just a little bit if I could. Uh, pull up, it says Abby. I just all want you to see Abby real quick. And I want to do something here that's going to involve fruit. Johnny, so I want you to pull up Abby, and then I want you to get prepared. That second thing that I have ready, that just the one I just sent you. Gotcha. So this, that's, have you ever seen two more beautiful girls than that? That's our daughter, Abby, the one, uh, on the one in front, and then Maggie is her sister. And Maggie posted this yesterday on her Facebook page. And this is the kind of stuff that, you know, this is what this is what's about. And Maggie, which is Abby's sister, Maggie is Abby's 40, Maggie's 34, maybe. Happy birthday, Abby, my best friend since the beginning and forever. In younger sister fashion, I've always wanted to be like her and in many ways. We have our uniqueness that strengthens our sisterhood. But as I observe how she lives her life for the Lord, she proves to be worth always striving to imitate. Sharing DNA with you is a privilege. Sharing life with you is a gift. Love you, sis. So those two beautiful things are 
a union of me and my wife. And I look at both of them and try to figure out, hmm, which one looks like me and which one looks like Michelle. I think Abby has my eyes and I think Maggie probably has her mom's eyes. And to, to realize that Abby, the birthday today, just give me a second, okay? The birthday today is 40. And then Maggie, her little her little sister behind her, both of them college athletes, by the way, feminine college athletes, beautiful mothering college athletes. Maggie uh, behind her there. Abby, Abby went to Hillsdale College, played softball at Hillsdale. Maggie played softball at, at uh, Marietta College. But I, w- I want to I want to connect something for you today that a lot of us don't connect. Because the Bible says that a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. His children's children. We, and we forget that, right? What kind of parent you are shows up in your grandchildren for the most part. And I think of how many people my age are, we baby boomers. I'm, I'm at the tail end of the baby boom. Uh, how much we have valued material stuff and how much we as baby boomers really have not left, left a very good inheritance to our children's children. We really haven't. And we can, we can trace it all back as far as we want to be able to trace it back to the fact that, you know, my dad was a WW2 generation. And uh, I often tell everybody that they uh, – the greatest generation, they called them. I'm not trying to offend anybody. This would be most of a, our dads, most of our parents. Uh, the WW2 generation, the greatest generation, built the most powerful e- economic machine the world has ever seen. Accumulated wealth beyond what we could ever, ever imagine. If you remember, the scripture says that a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. If we really want to see the effectiveness of the of the greatest generation, then we have to look at today what would be their grandchildren, my my children, my dad's, my dad's grandchildren, my children, are probably the most selfish generation the world has ever seen. Would anybody want to disagree with that with me? And that that uh, of any generation ever born to America, no, none did more. They they conquered Nazism and Hitler and Hirohito and huh. March that four-year war over in Europe, the war to end all wars, they told us. And then they came back to the most explosive financial time in the history of the world. And they bought and they had and they sold and they accumulated. But the reality is, if we would just tell the truth, they lost their grandchildren. It led to the hippie generation of the 60s, right? Tune in, turn on, drop out. God is dead. Remember, you guys, we all lived this, didn't we? We all lived this. And if we would look around and understand that during the midst of this of this greatest generation, the greatest generation gave us ungodly government schools. They gave us the separation between the church and state. They removed Bible reading. They removed prayer. They started aborting their babies. They gave us uh, birth control. They gave us sleep around with whoever you want to. And the fruit of it is obvious as we look across the spectrum of America. Michelle's trying to put something together in her own mind called Go Get Them Granny, which is uh, she wants to do like a little YouTube thing where she's talking to the grandparents about how important it is for us to engage now. Get rid of your damn Winnebago and spend every cent you have now to recapture the next generation. Friends, if we don't do that, if we don't do that, we already know our 
we already know our, our economy's gone, right? The dollar's gone. And uh, so I want to show you something that, uh, if I'm allowed to be proud, they say it's, you're not supposed to be proud. I want you to watch. This is a little video that they played yesterday at my daughter's church where they go to church. I'm talking to little children about what they've learned in Sunday school because the church obviously is trying to promote Sunday school for their children. Can I, can I tell you the truth? I think Sunday schools and church, for the most part, are they're a waste of time. They're a waste of time. Their entertainment to keep the kids in in Sunday school, keep them away from the parents, so the parents can sit in the service and listen to a sermon that's just all about them. So, uh, am I? Do I have any friends out there know what I'm talking about? Right? When in fact the children should be sitting, well, whatever. The pastor should be teaching the father how to father the children. Amen. Not somebody, not somebody they don't even know. So I want. I'm trying to show you fruit here. Okay, fruit. So this is, a, this is a little segment they played in church yesterday. And Jonathan, when I yell stop, I want you to stop because I want you to hear my grandson, who, by the way, is Abby's son. Are you, are you following the trail? We taught it to Abby. Abby taught it to her son. That's the way it's supposed to work. And whether you want to admit it or not, your children are a product of your home. And wherever your children are right now today, whether they're serving the Lord or not serving the Lord, they are a product of you. Now, we can blame a lot of things, right? We can say, well, the government schools messed them up. Well, the college messed them up. There's a lot of things that we could say. But the truth of it is, if we lose these people, God help us, right? And I look over my shoulder here of uh, 44,000 profoundly lost people coming to this concert to the most unbelievable. I said to my wife last night, as we were going to bed last night, you cannot believe the sound. It goes on all night long. And I said to my wife, what kind of people would spend $500 to get into that concert to pay $100 a night to camp and $50 $50 a night to park their car and listen to that stuff four nights in a row. I, I, it, I, it's, it's, it's baffling to me, right? Baffling to me. So I want to show you fruit, and it's important all of us understand, and I'm going to tell all of you out there, sell everything you have and invest it in your grandkids. And some of you find yourself in a situation right now where you're losing your grandchildren because both mom and dad have to work. And folks, that is done on purpose. That is done on purpose. And whether it would be, uh, uh, I'd say, I even hate to say this, putting them in pub, uh, on private education, because can I tell you the truth, is a guy who, who, who was part of a Christian education institution. I can tell you this, that it's pretty secular. The education in a Christian environment is very secular. And can I also tell you this? In a Christian environment, Christian kids in the Christian schools, are you listening? Learn how to fake Christianity. They know they're in a Christian school and they're just supposed to act like Christians. When really their heart is they wish they were in the public school with the friends that they hang out with when school is not in session. You invite by tracking with me here today, right? Because mm-hmm. ultimately, ultimately, as I said before, what type of parent you have been is going to show up 
in the next generation. Will you, as it says, Psalm 78, could you pull that up real quick, Johnny, before I, before I brag again here? I don't know how I got on this other than this. is You want to save America? Folks, you really want to save America? Psalm 78 gives us the pattern. Give ear, O my, give ear, O my people, to my law. And incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I'm going to open my mouth in a parable, and I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. Everything you know, a father figure taught you. Now, not, not maybe not a father figure. Everything you know, somebody else taught you. Every, everything, right? There's nobody here that didn't have something, everything they know wasn't taught to them. It says, we will not hide them from their children. What? His truths. Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength, and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Betty. He established a testimony in Gene Schroeder. He established a testimony in Tracy. He established a testimony in Paul. He he established a testimony in Coach Dave. And he appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded that Coach Dave would make it known to Zach and Abby and Maggie. That was the law. I would make them known. And that the generation that would come after me might know them. Yeah, that Zach and Abby and Maggie would know them. And even the children who should be born, who would raise up and they would teach it to David and Reese and Macy and Mia and Emmy and Cora and Scarlett and Annie and uh, who am I forgetting that, Michelle? Little Quinny, and I'm, I'm forgetting one, De- De- Declan. My job was to teach my faith to my children who teach it to my grandchildren. That's what. It, that's it, right? But they couldn't. Why? That the generation to come might know them, even the children should be born and arise and declare to their children that they might set their hope in God, that the children might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they wouldn't be like their daddies, a stubborn and rebellious generation. Hey, anybody raise your hand out there and say, hey, that was me. I was that stubborn and rebellious generation in the 60s and 70s. That's me. That'd be me. That would be me. And that we would teach our children not to be like us. But then I set to open God, not to forget the works of God, and not be as their fathers, a stubborn, rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Can you say American public schools? Anybody say that other than me? And the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. They kept not the covenant of God. They refused to walk in his law. They forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous things did God do in the sight of their fathers. In America, he divided the sea, caused it to pass through it. He made the waters to stand up as a heap. They defeated the Japs. They defeated the um, Nazis. In the daytime, he led them with a cloud. At night, with a fire, he clave them into rocks and the waters, gave them drinks out of depths. He brought streams out of the rock, caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the most high in the wilderness. They tempted God in their heart by asking meat. To, they, want, they wanted to screw whoever they could. Yeah, and they spake against God and said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote a rock and waters gushed out and steams overflowed. Have we taught this to our children? Therefore, the Lord heard this and he was angry. So a fire was kindled against Jacob and anger came up against his children. Why? Because they believed not in God. They trusted not in salvation. 
Though he had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and rained down manna for them to eat and given them all, all the corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food. He sent their, them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven by his power, brought in the south wind, rained flash upon flesh upon the dust, feathered fowls like as they land the sea, and let it fall in the midst of the camp around about their habitation. So they ate well. They got Winnebago's. They went got a, uh, uh, vacation homes. For he gave them their own desires. They were not estranged from their lust. Oh, no, they weren't. But while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them and smote down the chosen men of Christianity. Slow down. I missed one there, Johnny. This is powerful, folks. For all this, they sinned still. And believe not for his wondrous works. I could go on and on and on and on. It's judgment of God. Amen. So, so I want to, I want to brag today on my grandson. No, no, I want to brag on my granddaughter. Pull that video back up because I want you to listen. Look, I'm not bragging. I am bragging. I'm not bragging. I'm trying to show you the importance of what you're learning at home. And fathers, have you taught this to your children? Or you let trust in somebody else to touch it to their children. So I'm going to show you. They're going around asking these little kids. Here's what there was a promotion video for their Sunday school, right? Put your son, kid in Sunday school, and they're going to learn all kinds of good things. And I want you to listen. Uh, get ready to stop it when my grandson comes up. The profound thing that comes out of his mouth. And I want all of you to know. His parents taught him that. He didn't learn that in Sunday school. I promise you, he didn't. So just go ahead and play this and hear this. This is all good. This is Jesus lovely. This is all painting pictures of of whales and rainbows. Shallow Christianity. Go ahead and play it. I'll tell you when to stop. Now, we, we teach me more kids and there's more kids. And if there's more kids, we can know how to learn about you. Freeze it. Here comes David. Go ahead. Everyone can learn about Jesus, and um, they'll all be happy, and they'll and when they die, um, their souls will go up, and the gate of heaven will open to them. Huh? That ain't that ain't rainbows in Noah's Ark, is it, folks? I'm going to tell you this: he didn't learn that in Sunday school. Boom. I'm not, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. And I'm not pounding myself on the chest. This is my faith being transferred to my children and to my grandchildren. And we, we would all have to admit we haven't done a very good job of it. Why? Because we just trusted Sunday schools and we trusted kindergarten and we trusted first grade and we trusted that, that nice looking, seemingly really nice little girl teacher, young teacher in the fifth grade, who really was a 
probably pretty decadent in her college life, right? Huh? Yeah, yeah. So when we look around here, what we see is the fruit of, of what we've taught. And I've just, I would just encourage all of you, grandparents, get as deeply involved as you can. Get as deeply involved in the life of your grandchildren as you can. All right? I guess that's my, that's my message. I'm heading somewhere. Stay with me. Roger just popped his hand up. Go ahead, Roger. You know, one of the studies I read about a year ago said that 80% of the kids who go through evangelical churches, youth group, Awanas, so on and so forth, that they leave the church um, when they are 18. They leave the church. So it's got to resonate with all of us. It has to be more than just sending our grandkids or our kids to church. It's got to be because that system is not keeping them in the church. Okay. Now, some return, the study says some return, but the vast majority who go through the church upbringing that we all are accustomed to leave the church. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so we give them churchianity. But we don't give them an understanding. You know what? Can I look? Are you looking at me? Okay. They don't have an understanding of the gospel because if you were to tell the truth, neither did you at 30, 34 years old when you were training them. You couldn't, you didn't get, you tried to teach them right from wrong. But go back to that phrase. Uh, go back to David, what you had up on the screen, Johnny. David said, because everyone can learn about Jesus and um, they'll all be happy. And when they die, um, their souls will go up and the gate of heaven will open unto them. Folks, I know Christian men who couldn't say that. Amen. So again, look, I'm not, I'm not praising. I understand this. I'm showing the pattern. You teach it to your children and they teach it to their children. That's the way it's supposed to work. And we haven't done it. We've allowed our children to remain in public schools because both mom and dad have to work. And mom and dad have to work because the dollar's no good. So this all this all comes together. The event that we did on Saturday, let me give me a second to go there. It was unbelievable. In fact, Roger, come back in here, Roger, because Roger was one of the presenters, did an unbelievable job. Unbelievable job. And the gold and silver was, was good, and, and the, the 401k stuff was good. But, but Roger, just just tell. Tell me what you said yesterday, Roger, or Saturday after you watched that thing. We got to do more of these. I mean, it's um, the concept is wonderful. I think it would be a good outreach again with your ministry, but there are numerous topics that we could cover. Um, doing a forum like this online once a month, uh, be it uh, Bitcoin, be it how to buy a house, be it mortgages. Um, might even get biblical with something, uh, you know. <laughs> just it's it's a great concept, and yeah. I just encourage Dave you to to do it again, and to, for us to help you put things on it is just a one, and it's good fellowship too. It's another way, it's another way to come together. Yes. Uh, so you know, I'm all in on this concept, and I enjoyed it. And thanks, thank you for asking me. Thanks, Roger. Thank you for volunteering, giving your time. So let me let me connect the dot here while I can. Okay, so <clears throat> one of the reasons you say, well, Coach, why didn't you make it free? 
Why didn't you make it free? Why do you have to charge $30? Because friends, it was a fundraiser for what we do here at Pass Salt. Let, let me tell you something that just happened this weekend, and I'm not going to tell you who it is. But if I told you who it is, all of you would gasp and say, what? This week, yesterday, what day is this? Anyway, on Saturday, I wired $2,000 to a name that you would know if I told you of a person who is living in her car. And she's living in her car because for whatever reason, her ministry came under attack. She is in debt to, well, I'll just tell you, she's in debt to Jared runs, runs, does what she does for me, runs her, her program. She's in debt to, to Jared for, I don't know how much Jared, a couple grand, I, I don't know. So I wired $2,000 to give her one month rent and one month uh, security deposit to get her out of her car. She's been living in her car for six weeks. Didn't say anything to anybody. Hasn't been doing any ministry. So where do you guys think I come up with the $2,000 to send to put her in a house? $30 to come to prepare to stand. Rather than coming in here and saying, hey, can you guys give me, can you give me 20 bucks? Folks, we, I do this. We do this all the time, all the time. Look, I'm in, we bought a car for somebody. You guys know that. I'm, I'm not being critical. People come into positions where they have needs. And we try to help meet their need. It, see, the Bible says you can't just say to some, when you see a physical need, you just can't say be filled and be warm and go on the way. If they don't have a something to eat, you got to give them something to eat. You can't just say, Jesus loves you. Pray for you, brother. If you see a need and you have the ability to do it, then you do it. Now, I don't know about you. I'm, I, you sit around. You have, do you have six thousand dollars to shell out in a month to help two people who without who need it so i try to charge thirty dollars to raise some money to cover the expenses that i just shelled out so i just want you to know what goes on here and i would ask all of you all of you buy this prepare to stand buy it $30, and now you have it. And you can go and you can you can sit down with whoever, share it with whoever you want to. You can get boned up on gold and silver. Say, I don't, see, you say, coach, that stuff doesn't even matter to me. Well, you better wake the hell up. <laughs> you better wake the hell up. What do you mean it doesn't matter to you? So you can, it's in, they're in about an hour and 15 minute segments. There's three of them. Basically $10, we're charging you $10. We're asking you to donate $10 for each one of these presentations, and you can watch them over and over and over and over. And do whatever the heck you want to do with them. I don't care. You don't have to. Or you could just give us $30. And in exchange for the $30, we'll give you access. What's that, John? And later today, they're going to be up and available on the website. But you, please, we're asking you to donate. Maybe you don't even want to see it. If everybody out there gave us $30, that's a dollar a day for the show. Then we can we then we can get back our $6,000 that we just put into two people who need it. 
You with me? Why, why do we hate talking about money? Well, we hate talking about money because everybody thinks that we're storing up money. Money flows in, money flows in, money flows out. Money flows in, that's what, that's what a ministry is supposed to do. Money flows in, money flows out. And if you think that I'm ripping you off, then don't give, me a, don't give us a cent. Don't give us a cent. So I, th- I thank Roger. I thank uh, Ross Powell. I thank uh, Justin for what they, the time that they gave us. For those of you who did uh, get, get involved with it. And uh, I'm not begging for money. We're not going broke. But I can promise you this. It won't be two weeks. Somebody else is going to need something. And <clears throat> many hands make light work. God, I hate talking about money. I hate talking about it. You know why I hate talking about money? Because it matters to all of us, doesn't it? It does. It matters to all of us. And I, I, I learned uh, several years ago <clears throat> that God doesn't reward fear. He doesn't reward fear. And he's going to, uh, you're going to say, God, I'd, coach, I'd love to give it. But boy, my budget is so tight here. I don't just don't know if I can. Well, then you're living in fear. Because as they taught me in my Evangelic Fish Name It, Claim It Church, that's your seed. That's your seed. You can eat your seed and you're going to run out of food. Or you can sow it. The Bible says it will return to you. And you'll be able to know, if you throw $30 in that hopper, you'll be able to know that some lady is not in her car anymore. She's in an apartment. Because you gave 30 bucks. Right? God, I can never be a TV pastor asking for money all the time. I wouldn't do it. I know how valuable it is to those of you guys. I, I understand it. Let me get off that subject. I got some hands up. I got more I want to talk. Let me make sure one more thing before I go, before I go to him. By the way, you would know the woman. I promise you, you would know her name. You know her name. And I also want you to uh, <clears throat> I want you to pray for Vinny. Uh, Vinny. Uh, Vinny, put your phone number in the chat, if you will. Uh, our good buddy, Vinny, the boomer. Boom! Vinny uh, had his leg amputated. He had his left leg amputated. Boom. Uh, this weekend. Was it this weekend? Maybe it was Friday. His left leg below the knee, I think. It was getting gangrene. If you've ever seen Vinny, he's about 10 feet tall to begin with. But, uh, you know, Dr. Paul's been trying to help him the best he could and help him to save it. And finally, Vinny had to go to, go to the hospital and they took his leg off at the knee. So uh, we pray for, v- for Vinny. I, Vinny, I don't know what I don't know what your finances are. I don't know if you know. I, I don't know. But is it true, Vinny? You're going. Uh, Vinny's number, phone number is in the is in the chat. Um, Vinny, you're going to be in the hospital for a while. Is that right? I'll be here for a bit. Yeah, he's, he's recovery. He's going to get out there. I told him he's going to walk like with a peg. We're going to get him a peg leg and a patch for his eye, and he can be yeah. uh, he can be jolly. Whatever they call that guy, right? Ar, So we'll get him a peg leg and we'll get him an eye patch and he'll become uh, whatever. So we pray for Vinny and uh, Vinny. If you if you have any if you have any needs, let us know, man. Folks, I'm I'm serious about. Uh, we help people all the time that you, that you don't even know. We do. So uh, it, it's it's good soil for sure. I forgot something I was going to say. Somebody just put it up there. Let me uh, let me call in. Uh, let's let me go here real quick. Hang on. Did that? I did that. I did that. I did that. I'll get to that. Go ahead, Jeff. Now. Uh, good morning, Coach. Uh, express about the kids are not being trained in the ways of the Lord, so when they grow old, they shall not depart from Him. 
and uh, I was coming back from the ninth district Supreme Court of Appeals, and I was starting to fall asleep. So I pulled over and went and got a snack at Denny's, and I had the conversation with the waitress, and she saw my my Coach Dave hat, Coach Dave Live hat, and stuff like that, and then started talking about the church, and she and she says, "I don't go to church anymore," and I go, "Why?" She started thinking there, and and I said, "Because it runs like a business." Yeah, that's it. It runs like a business. Thank you. <laughs> it runs like a business. It is a business. It is a small business. Yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Guys start their own small businesses, call them churches. Myra. Just I wanted to say thank um, Roger for the information uh, he gave us. He did a, he did a wonderful job. He did a wonderful yes, job. he did. And I learned something from him. Avoid probate. Right, Roger? Avoid probate, baby. Avoid probate. Because those lawyers just get fat and rich off of probate. All yes. of you are going to die. Get your affairs in the order. And as Roger says, you want to mess up Thanksgiving dinner for the rest of, of your children's lives, die without everything in order. You want and to mess I, up Thanksgiving, right? Yes. And mm -hmm. I have Job 26, 27, 16 through 17. That's Job uh, 27, 16 through 17. Draw he heap up silver as the dust and prepare raiment as the gray. He may prepare it, but the just shall put it on and then innocent shall divide the silver. Oh, Hallelujah. Are you kidding me? Though he heap up silver as dust and prepare raiment as a clay, he may prepare it, but the just will wear that silver and the innocent are going to divide. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Myra. Thank you. Wow, 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 wow. Mel. Yeah, thanks, Coach. Hey, um, Mr. Producer, if you could go to the Liberty Action Network website. Thank you very much. Scroll down, if you would, please, to the actions and the announcements. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Liberty Action Network, I know we've got a lot of new viewers. Um, the Liberty Action Network actually supports actions that are created by people within the network. So on Friday, I announced the action of Stand with Isaac Yoder. Um, the website, by the way, is thelibertyactionnetwork.com. Today I'm announcing join the SWAT team. This is the um, click and print link for what we did last Sunday. Um, the um, Salt and Light Brigade out of Oklahoma initiated the action, and 12 cities were impacted by that. And now an extension of that, if you'll scroll down a little bit, please. Um, you know, we, we went to these 12 cities, and, and an extension of that is that now we're going to roll it out to the rest of the of the country and the earth, really. So what I want you to do is, if you'll scroll down a little bit more, the action you, is just to declare the, to declare and decree these everywhere. So I've got a click and print. It'll take you to the information that explains the action. And um, I just want to let you know that it's there. Also, ladies, there is the event that's coming up in October. So if you're interested in going to that, um, everything is located at thelibertyactionnetwork.com. Thank you very much, Coach. Mel, that's great work. I got to, I got to, I got to promote that harder. Look, I'm maybe I'll do that. I explain to all of you. Somebody email me, make me do it. Explain my vision of the Salt and Light Brigade, how that thing is supposed to work. And although we've had it up and running for a long time, this is an arm of it that is really, really critical to to trying to accomplish what it is that we want to accomplish. And I want to, uh, before I go any farther, I'm going to be in Royston, Georgia. Michelle and I are going to be down at Pastor Clint Harper's this weekend, uh, beginning Saturday. Pastor Clint, are you out there? I don't know if you're, if you're out there this morning. 
maybe you could explain to people yeah. who happen to be down in that area. I promise you, if you're an hour away, it'll be a blessing for you to come down and be part of what we're going to do. Get a hotel room, sleep on the floor, do what you have to do. Are you there, Clint? Yeah, Coach. Looking forward to it. Um, I think we have planned um, Saturday uh, at 6 o'clock. We're going to go downtown Royston and do some honking wave and and we're going to go back to the church and eat us a bite. And then, um, then coach, you're going to, uh, do Sunday morning service for us. And then we're going to go back out Sunday afternoon and, and do another honking wave. And of course, we got to come back to the church and eat because, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what it's all about? But, uh, yes, sir. Uh, we're looking forward. I, I'm looking forward to, uh, our people getting getting to fellowship with you and you and Michelle and um, just just to get to know you better. Amen. Amen. Clint, if you could, could you put in the chat there the address of the church and everything? Folks, it, look, it, it'll be, if you're within a couple hours, it'd be a great weekend for you to come and be part of it. We're going to do on the street ministry. And I want to salute Pastor Clint because he's kind of turned his church upside down. By that, I mean, inside out. He's been taking the church outside. <laughs> huh? That's unusual, isn't it? He's been actually taking them to the streets. And uh, we want to encourage him the best we can and encourage the folks down there to continue to try to make a difference in a town where the Georgia peach, Ty Cobb, is buried. Royston, Georgia. By the way, Pastor Clint was actively involved with the bringing down of those uh, Georgia Guidestones just up the road from him. He went and prayed at those babies. And, uh, you know, none of us want to take credit for being the ones to see him come down. Pastor Clinton, his congregation, were right in the midst of all that, to the hatred probably of many people in Royston, Georgia. So we salute you, Pastor Clint, and I love what you're doing out there, man, for sure. By the way, Clint, how about those Buckeyes? That last one second, they won with one freaking second. And Ohio Brett, did they run the ball north and south or not? Did they quit messing around and run the damn ball up the middle? Storage, closest distance between two points is a straight line. This ain't rocket science. <laughs> Somebody, I'm sorry. I stayed up and watched that game. I, I never watched football. I watched that whole, every bit of that game the other night. That's, that's why I wanted to sleep all day yesterday. Janine, come on in. I just wanted to say thank you for uh, Saturday's presentation, even though I kept losing my internet. But um, I wanted to say we presented it at our Sabbath. And oh, not only yeah. at, at Sabbath do you, you study the Word of God, but you're supposed to make disciples of men. You're supposed to en enrich their lives with understanding and wisdom. And two of our people said it was just an answer to prayer watching mm. it because they knew exactly what they had to do now. So I wanted to thank you. And Roger, you were wonderful the way you well, presented it. Amen. So thank you. Yes, Janine. Folks, listen, I'm telling you, folks, you, if you would invite people to your house and show them one of these clips at a time, you want us to talk about home fellowship, just one hour of a video and discussion and eat popcorn and drink pop, do whatever you want to, because there are people out there who have no idea what's going on. And these answers are there. I can't encourage you. I can, it was, it was better than I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. It was better. The presentation by Ross on 401ks and how they're ripping us off and all, it's because all of you are counting on some kind of retirement. And I know 
that it makes you nervous. I know it does. But friends, they're putting your retirement in the stock market. <clears throat> huh? Not only are they putting your money in the stock market, they're investing it in Walt Disney and all these ungodly companies. They're investing your money. You know what Ross said? It's like he'd been listening to Coach Dave live. He said, we got to come out of that Babylonian system. We have got to stop investing in the Babylonian system. If we continue to support Disney, they'll thrive. If we pull our money from Disney, they will go under. It is the church that is holding Disney up, propping Disney up. Bud Light, you, know, you have no idea where your money is invested. And Ross taught us on, on Saturday how you can take your money and invest it where you want to invest it. And you don't have to pay fees to anybody. Well, anyway, it's worth it. Rochelle, come on in. Good morning, team. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, I I just wanted to say that was your grandson, Davey. Yes. Right? Okay. Eight years um, old. Eight, eight years wow. Old. Um, listen, the chaos dragon assaulted the greatest generation with war. And, you know, I don't, I can't blame them because... Yeah. They, they were told to go have all these children, right? So you yes. got 12, 13 kids running around. You, how yeah. can you feed into that many children? Um, and then um, the dragon assaults those kids again with the, the Nazi scientist propaganda <laughs> and Tavistock. And, tele and television. And, and television. The Beatles. All yeah. of that was MK Ultra, you know? And, okay, so anyway, so moving on to... Those children's children, now they're confused and compromised. And eventually, I said all that to say, eventually, it's the children who have to decide to be different. That's right. They have to see enough good to know that they have a choice. And um, I watched this interview with a, a man who came out of one of the, his last name is Reynolds. So one of the Rothschild type of families, these are the top dogs. And um, he, he wrote a book called Snatched from the Flames, and he had to decide to be different. And he mentioned Russ Dizdar, and he mentioned um, Tom Dunn, and how it was the prayers of Tom Dunn praying him through. Um, and this man is amazing now. It, he's on the other side. He's still totally broken. But deciding to be different than what the generation before you did is where it has to start. And I am, wow, Clint, that's amazing. Um, I, I loved when coach drug us to the street. That was my first time. And you see what it's like to work for your King. And Amen. that's the first time you really feel alive. You know, you do all these things and, and there's no way that my parents are going to give up their Winnebago, you know, whatever they're not that, not my mom. My mom's on fire for God, but my dad, no, he, he's a, he's some people just say, you know what? That's your truth. And I've got, yeah. I've already done stuff and I've I'm just going to retire now. I've earned it. Right. I've earned it. I've I'm earned just going to retire. And you know what? That's okay. Let that go. They're good. If they see you working for the Lord, it's going to convict them and they will yes. start a little bit at a time doing more because it'll prick them. Amen. Amen. Both of our daughters, I'm not bragging, okay? Both of our daughters, Abby and Maggie, are college graduates. Marietta College, Hillsdale College, top Hillsdale College, top of the line. Both of them are homeschoolers. 
Abby actively involved, unbelievably actively involved in the homeschool co-op around here, training the next generation in our values, folks, in our values. Huh? You're gonna look, you're gonna get whatever crop you plant. You plant them in the public schools. That's what you're gonna get. And so I would just say to grandparents out there, enjoy your Winnebago. But we are the wealthiest generation. I look at my do- I look at both of my daughters, their husbands, they're working, trying to provide the best they can, the financial pressures associated with it, so mom can stay home. And I would say this, parents, grandparents. You can alleviate some of that. Take some of that money and say, listen, I'll pay for I'll pay for the private education. I'll pay whatever I do. Or how about this? You have to go to work and uh, say, to your, say to your daughter, why, why do you go to work, honey? Say, well, we have to. I've got to help make the bills. I say, well, okay, well, how much do you make? Well, I make uh, 300 a, a week. Say, okay, listen, I'll pay you 300 a week. Stay home. Stay home and raise my grandchildren. I'll pay you 300 a week. And grandparents, Tighten your freaking belt and help the next generation. It's critical. If we, well, you know, man, if we don't get this one. Laura Ann, come on in. I'll pay you $300 a week to train my grandchildren at home. I'll pay for it. Go ahead, Laura John, John 10, 27 says, my sheep know my voice and they follow me. Yes. And we have a generation there's two points I want to make. We have so many people who don't know the shep- the shepherd's voice, but because there's been so many hirelings imitating the shepherd's voice, whether you're a parent, a coach, or whatever, and and that's why I appreciate it being here, because there are shepherds here. There are. And church has become a business, and I said it a long time ago, and I've gotten attacked for it. They call it church a campus. It's whoever the speaker is. You know, go buy my books in the back. You're still paying to go to this conference every Sunday or every Wednesday or Sunday, Wednesday, Tuesday. And you volunteer for free because now you're a slave. Because according to Rick Warren, quote unquote, he said they trust us to marry, bury and baptize them. So um, and we have a slew of, um, you know, people that will just do what I what we tell them to do. That's right. Because you don't know the shepherd's voice. And I'm going to go back to the coaching metaphor because I love sports. I'm an athlete. And again, I trust if I'm, if I, if I'm up to bat and my, my bat connects with that 16 inch ball and it's flying. The only thing I'm listening to is my coach's voice telling me what to do. All I need to know to know is I have to, my foot has to touch that base. That's my concern. And listening to him tell or her tell me what to do when I'm coming around those spaces. And my job is to get home. That's right. So watch the ball. Don't watch the ball, right? Don't watch the ball. Right. I'm not supposed to watch the ball. I'm not supposed to keep my eye on the ball. I'm supposed to keep uh, my eye on home. Or or for you what do you in football, it's first and goal. What are you supposed to do? Get over the end zone. Get over that line. Run the route. You know you know, if you have to, if you have to, you know, do whatever you have to do and make sure that the rest, that the blockers block and do their job. We don't have any more blockers. The punt return team is taking a knee because, and, and I was totally blown away when um, I researched um, the taking of the knee and the quarterback, you know, knee, and then everything exploded because I, I grew up in it in, you know, in sports. 
contact sports. And when I and I seen that Kaepernick is a is a quarterback. Yes. It breaks my heart. The quarterback took a knee before the nation, and the knee, the nation took a knee. Yes. They Amen. took a knee to end the play. To end the play. Yeah, so the church took a knee, Rochelle. Yeah, right, exactly. The, the to end the play. The church the, took a knee. All the quarterbacks, all the quarterbacks that are, are up there preaching, all these quarterback preachers took a knee for the CRT um, agenda to pre- be preached from the pulpit. I'm just, I, I am, I made a post about it. Like, do you know your shepherd's voice? Do you mm. know it? And like with coaching. And so thank you. I know this is long winded, but, but thank you very much. I can't let it go because if I don't, if I, you can't, you can't, when you're running the bases and you're, and you're running, you're running routes, you know, you got, you, you're trusting the playbook, which for mm. us as Christians is your Bible, right. the Holy Spirit operating and then if Jesus, what happened? Jesus 1, 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us to reveal the grace and glory of the Lord, right? So yes. it's both the Holy Spirit, Jesus is supposed to be in, alive in you. If if, you're, it's, if he's not, I don't know my shepherd's voice. I'm not going to be led beside still water. They're going to lead me to AstroTurf to go graze on AstroTurf. I don't, where's, and I don't want beyond beef. I want to know where's the beef. Amen. So, 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 Laura, Ann, let me share this with you. So I'm watching the Buckeyes on their game-winning drive the other night. And stay with me. This is going to make sense, okay? So they're driving. It's third and, like, 19. They're on the 21. There's 30 seconds left to go in the game. And the quarterback drops back to pass. The people are rushing all around him. There's confusion. Everybody's moving. And at the proper moment, the quarterback took the ball, and he threw it to a spot. And the receiver ended up there. Did you, you miss what I just said? He didn't throw the ball to a receiver. He threw the ball to the spot where the receiver told him he would be. Boom. And that's and that's how your player goes and carries carries it to the next play. So that's, that's why right. we're supposed to go out and go. We we go out. We take you th- you throw the ball. It's it's not. It's, it doesn't have to be a hail mary. And you know, and you and you take the play. And that's what we're supposed to do as disciples. Take take that catch the ball, even if we fumble the next person that's next to us, that's on our team, picks it up. You don't let the, you don't let the other team have it, and you don't run into the other team's end zone. Amen. So, what, so, so Laura Ann, go back and watch that video of that guy throwing that ball down there to the one-yard line. He threw it to the one-yard line. And I, you go back and you replay it, and you don't know what the announcer said. Man, he threw that into a tight window. There you go. Boom. Huh? What's in the window? An opening. He threw the ball to an opening, and he trusted the receiver. He would get to the opening. Boom. Boom. I'm going to show you something here. Boom. Hang on, Jeff. I know you're itching to get in there. Bear with me a second. Pull up a Trump there, too. I don't care if you like Trump or not. I don't care. Here's a clarion call from the President of the United States. Throwing the ball to a spot. Are the pastors going to be there and pick it up? Are the pastors going to be there and pick it up? I don't care what Trump says because he can say whatever he wants to. If the receiver doesn't receive it, it ain't no good at all. And I want you to hear what President Donald Trump just said. Go ahead. Prayer is banned, but drag shows are absolutely allowed. Do whatever you want. You can't teach the Bible, but you can teach children that men get pregnant and that kindergartners 
are allowed to pick their own gender. You can't talk about the Bible. You would not trust these people to babysit your children for 30 minutes, and we should not let them educate millions of American students six hours a day, year after year. School prayer is Ooh, Hey, folks! He just threw the ball to the window! Boom! Any, pastor, any pastors picking it up? Huh? Any pastors running that pattern? Or is it going to get intercepted? Oh, we know the answer, don't we? Huh? Why? Hey, because, hey, Laura Ann, because they've taken a freaking knee. That's why. That's what they did. They need, they, it just, it, it, I mean, talk about set a fire in my soul. When I put together, I, I mulled over it all weekend and I, I was like, Kaepernick is a quarterback and he, and he sold out his team. He sold out the nation. He lot it's a lie to 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 his quote unquote culture. They he wanted them to surrender to Satan to to the to the agenda. Yep. It's just yep. it, <laughs> Ann gets it. Jeff Klein, I know you've been waiting. Come on in, Jeff. What's worse than that? Kaepernick did most of the pastors sold out this nation. That's right. They took a knee. Yeah. Forget about Kaepernick. That pastor dropped the ball. So here's what we got. Tuesday night in the garage, Pastor Matt is coming to teach on the Babylonian system. He said, we're in it now. So he's okay, coming good. to Hampton Message tomorrow night. Now, our church on the square, we have successfully done four Saturdays. We got another Saturday coming up this Saturday. I couldn't be there yesterday or Saturday. Out of death and a wedding, both in one day. I mean, how do you have that in one day? So we had a good time to wedding and all that. But anyways, next Saturday on the 30th, I'll be turning 65. It's my birthday. Somebody said, you're going to do this on your birthday? I said, why do I want to sit around and eat cake and ice cream? We're going to the square. Coach Saturday, Peter stepped up, picked up the ball, and took the sound system. That's the way it's supposed to work, right? Pulled it off. Quarterback came in. Yep. He did it. And Tom Branstall, they got up there. And another guy, they had three of them on the microphone Saturday. And all them solar people showed up. Oh, they got to give it to him. Peter, give it to him. So we figured it out. We've decided this this week. I'm going back up to the mayor's office today. I'm going to get a permit again for the entire month of October. We're going to do every Saturday in October. So it's just whenever people can show up. But I think this thing will grow. We're going to keep doing it. So October won't be too bad. Put on a sweatshirt and your long underwear and we're going to do it for another month. So I'll get with Liberty now and we'll post it stuff. I salute you, Jeff, more than you ever know. I salute you, man. God bless you. Keep after it. Clint Harper. Go ahead, Clint. And Jeff now. Uh, Coach, just bear with me for a second here. Okay. Uh, you're a, you didn't take a knee, did you, Clint? You didn't take a knee. <laughs> no. Um, Ohio. What are they ranked? Fourth. Sixth. Fourth. Well, Georgia's number one. Right. But bear with me. I'm a I'm a I'm a bulldog fan. But I preached a message one time. The greater your enemies, the greater you will be. Oh boy. Georgia Georgia beat a team that they should have just slaughtered, you know, um what is it, Alabama, Birmingham, something. Yeah. And I don't think I love Georgia, but they should not be number one because of their enemies that they have. That, and and 
last Saturday, Ohio beat a true enemy. You know, David never would have been king if it hadn't been for Goliath. <laughs> and and so that's what churches do. Churches pull out the enemy and they want an easy schedule. And they grow and they think they're great. They think they're number one. But they ain't played nobody. Amen, buddy. And, uh, you know, it's time that we that we get the tough schedule and go into the places hey, that, that nobody else will go into. That way we can truly win. Georgia, in my opinion, maybe 10th at best. Mm-hmm. But they're one because they've not played anybody. But anyway. That's right. On purpose. They haven't played anybody on purpose. That's yeah, right. I, I guess, yeah. Yeah, so. Ohio State said we're going to go into – we're going to go into touchdown Jesus. We're going to go right into the heart of that beast. And we're yeah. going to beat their ass. That's what they said. And hey, they went and did it, didn't they? Well, that's a, that's a true team. Georgia is not a national championship team. What, what a what a hostile environment they went into. Folks, we got to go into hostile environments. We have to go into hostile environments to prove we're a king. Amen on that. Wow, Clint. Jeff Nell. The two Jeffs. Jeff Nell, Jeff Klein. Go. Yeah, about Kaepernick. Uh, he went to University of Nevada, Reno, and he we won the championship, at least, at least for the division anyway. But anyway, I preached on that campus. And oh, my goodness, how many people would come to me, political, political, political science majors, major, and the most troublesome. And kids come to me. I used to be a Christian, but now I'm an atheist. That school would, during the month of June, have the drag queens and all this kind of stuff, man. I tell you, Kaepernick was definitely indoctrinated. Well, that's like, all, the, all. All of them are that way, right? All of them are that way. All the schools are that way, including the public school you're putting your grandchildren in. Go ahead, Jeff. Coach, I forgot the biggest blessing. I want to share this in that little story. Do you remember the first Saturday we were up there, and then four little 11-year-old girls came yes. to the square, and five, about four or five of us got to pray separately over them girls, and they wanted the prayer. Peter said yesterday, them four girls come back to the square. Hmm. That's no, great. <laughs> yeah. Looks like I tell the, I, well, I'm, I'm not going to use the name. I say it all the time. I get emails from people with their down. I said, dude, run to the light. Don't run away from it. Run to the light. Jeff, they felt that light. They're coming back. They're running to the light, right? They're like, they're like moths running to the light. Dale. Uh, you know, it seemed like a lot of football analogies, so I want to use a couple. First off, Kaepernick, right? He's discriminating, racist, unfair. Oh, wasn't he adopted by a white family? I'm just yes. saying, Coach, wasn't he blessed beyond his his wildest imaginations by a yes. family that loved him? Kind of a scenario of the church where the Lord has adopted us, and we think, we think, brother, we're entitled to everything, right? No matter what, isn't it? I mean, what a picture. And this finishing the race, as you said on Friday, Paul said this, I finished, I run as to win the prize, finish the race. First off, Ohio State used to be one of my favorite teams. I'm a Syracuse fan also. Watching them drive that ball down, right? Right to the last second. And then, of course, my NFL team watching Green Bay come from 17 points down in the fourth quarter, refusing to fold and put their tails between their legs. Brother, you keep pressing on, you keep pressing in, you take hold of that, and that's what we need to recognize, Coach. 
What is that which the Lord has called us to? He has called us jointly fitting us together. He has called us to take hold of that which has first taken hold of us. And lastly, coach, I said it, I'll say it again. You will teach what you know. And that's what we see so many feminine Christians. You'll reproduce who you are. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ said, it is finished. I did my job. It's done. Christ didn't take a knee, baby. He didn't take a knee. Why are we? God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.